Well, as you can tell, our icon has changed, and no, this is not going to be that homily. We're not going to break this one down, but I do want to point out a few things about it. A, it looks like Jesus is wrapped in a big comfy sweater for fall. I'm for it. Put a pumpkin spice latte up there, and he's ready to go. He looks very comfy to me. Anyway, nature, based on its strict adherence to the laws of nature, is absolutely brilliant in its brutality. From the microscopic to the macrocosmic, all of nature, when left to act on its own, follows the rules. It cannot go against itself. Nature cannot do other than that which nature does. Otherwise, it wouldn't be nature. Now, lest I lose you in the philosophy, let me explain why I find that beautiful. I find it beautiful because of the words of St. Thomas, where he says grace builds upon nature, meaning that the supernatural is built upon the natural. Think of Jesus and see that this is true. The Lord of the universe took the form of a human. Into that fully human form, he infused the fullness of the divine. It's the supernatural contained in the natural. And we too follow the same form. The way our body works is the way our soul works. And that is why the church is highlighting this idea this weekend through the readings. Let me put it another way. The biggest decisions of your life and therefore your afterlife are built upon and based on the everyday choices you and I make. This is how the natural works. This is how the supernatural works. The macro is determined by the micro. The culture is determined by the individuals. Think back to the words of Jesus when he took the law of the Old Testament and made it even more restricting. Jesus says, it is said you shall not commit adultery. But I say if you even look at a woman with lust in your hearts, you have committed adultery. Jesus is speaking about human nature here, not spirituality. On a purely human level, nature always follows the rules. And as such, if we feed our humanity goodness, it will bear fruit, good fruit. If we condition ourselves with that which is not healthy for our bodies or souls, it will not be well for us. Jesus is saying the more we let our thoughts dwell on sinful things, the more we are going to be conditioned to act on those thoughts or to even be tempted to act on those thoughts. Don't we also pray for the avoidance of the, quote, near occasion of sin in the act of contrition? Meaning that it must be the little things we think about that become our thoughts. And those thoughts eventually become our speech. And our speech, our actions, and our actions, our character. Our body's health and soul is determined by all of the little choices, natural and supernatural, that we make. Which brings up the discussion of sin. Now, lest you forget, let me remind you, there are two types of sin. That which completely separates you from God, and that which only partially does. Mortal sin is that which separates us from God. Venial sin is that which only partially turns us from the Lord. Now, be very clear. In order to commit a mortal sin, you must fulfill three criteria. The first 
is that you must know what you are doing fully. Second, you must give full consent of your will, meaning that you know it is wrong and yet you still choose to do it, meaning there is no accidental sin. And third, the sin itself must be of grave nature. So if it is grave in nature, you know it's wrong and you fully choose to do it. That is a mortal sin. Even sins of omission aren't sins that you accidentally do. Rather, they are times in which we are actively choosing to not do something. And by not doing that, we sin. So that is a very clear choice to withhold action. So again, sin is never accidental. We cannot go into the confessional and say, for all of those sins which I have accidentally committed, that's not how any of this works. You have to know what you're doing for it to be a sin. But again, if it is gravely immoral, even if you do not know that it is gravely immoral, it is still immoral, we could get very down into the weeds of this. But no, as I said, you must know it is wrong, it must be of grave matter, and you must still choose it anyway. That is what separates you fully from the Lord. Venial sin only partially turns you. So yes, mortal sins can... I'm sorry, so there are such things as little sins, but we'll get there in a second. Mortal sin can only be absolved by confession or the anointing of the sick. That's the only way. There is no only confessing your sins to God and being absolved. Again, that's not how any of this works. But there are things such as little sins. But just like a little bit of an infection can make an entire body sick, those little sins can add up and build up on our soul till all that remains is a gnarled mass of what used to be our soul. While there may not be one sin that we have allowed us to separate or that have we have allowed to separate us from God, it can still happen through the accumulation of our little sins. In the positive way, Paul lets us know how to have the best effect on our culture in the times that we find ourselves reading his words. Now you may think I have just taken a very hard left turn. Give me time. I'll build it back in but it's awkward to make some, uh, some segues sometimes. But anyway, Paul is telling us that what he hopes is that we live in tranquil and quiet times, as opposed to that other blessing, may you live in interesting times, which we all know are terrible. Take away the interesting times. We don't ever want them again. But, ah, I've lost. It's, it's hard when it prints out double Y. Anyway, he tells us it's our responsibility to pray for those who hold power. Go back to the reading. I'm not making this up. It says it in there. He says, pray for the little choices in their personal lives that affect the choices they make in government so that it may be for the betterment of all humanity, the individual helping the community, the micro leading to the macro benefit. Follow the words of Jesus, he says, and pray for your political leaders. Doesn't Jesus say to pray for our enemies? So no matter what side of the political spectrum you fall on, yes, sometimes I'm funny. No matter what side of the political spectrum you fall on, we should always be praying for the wisdom of those elected officials, whether we agree with them or not, for we should pray that they make decisions which are best for all people. And this is the concept in Catholic social teaching of the common good. But that is another homily. So we return. Paul encourages us to simply pray and be at peace. 
He doesn't say to comment on Facebook so people will know your opinions. He doesn't say to choose your friends based on their political identities. He says, pray for those in charge and be at peace. Be peaceful, non-argumentative persons yourself. It's in the reading, I swear. This is how we effectively change the world around us. It is by first fixing that in which, in me, which does not allow me to be peaceful, making little choices that affect my whole mood. For how can I expect other people to be doing, willing to do the work of being peaceful if I myself am not willing to do this same work? This is why the practice of examining your soul before you come to confession exists, so that one can ask yourself, and find out what it is that you have to be sorry for since your last confession. The more we examine our souls beforehand, the more we make room for the grace of the Lord in our lives. We cannot wish to receive from the Lord if we first do not empty our hands with the sin that we have been holding on to. Now this parish is extremely lucky in that we have confessions almost every day of the week. Now I suggest that if it has been longer than a month for you since your last confession, that you find time to make it there this week. Now, it's the little things that add up that determine our character as we have established. Choosing to go to confession every month or so is a small choice that you make individually, but it has giant ramifications for the culture that we live in. For it allows us to be more peaceful by divesting ourselves of the accumulation of little sins we have. Imagine if the small individual decision of everyone here was to go to confession this week in an attempt to affect the greater Charlottesville community in a positive manner. If you think you stand for justice and equity in the world, prove it. Go to confession this week and do your part to affect the world in a positive manner.